This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Many of you that follow me on social media have probably seen me say something about Highlight Coaching and Consulting. So what is that? So what we do at Highlight is we focus on teaching teens and young adults, and that's 18 to 35, valuable life skills that we wish we would have known. You know, I often ask the question, you've heard me ask it on some of these episodes of, if you could go back in time to high school and give yourself three pieces of advice, what would it be? It was actually an episode that I had not that long ago. Well, these pieces of advice is what motivated and inspired Jessica to create the ETA program to be able to pour back into teens and young adults because if we can equip them now in things that will help them make better decisions, not only through their high school years, their college years, but these are things that are going to stay with them forever. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have a teen or young adult, or if you happen to be a teen or young adult and you're listening to this as well, is the investment that you make today will pay massive dividends in the future. So these courses aren't free, um, these programs aren't free, but they're very, very worth it, if you ask me, because it's something that I know that I've just had to figure out. And so if I can help shorten the learning curve from 35 to 40 years down to just a few years, how can you put a value on that? Anyways, check it out. There's a link in the bio, not the bio, and then show notes um, for highlightcoaching.com. I encourage you to go there, check it out, reach out with questions, and let's have a conversation. Thanks. Here's the episode. I want to start this one off by just saying thank you for everybody who's continuing to listen to the Pathways of Greatness and um, able to just get a lot of benefit from each of the guests that have come on. I've been very excited about each one, and this one is no different. So in today's episode, I have the opportunity to speak to Evan Slaughter, which if you're big on social media or you're following anything, I know I've reshared some of his videos, but um, Evan is the creator of Fit to Serve One, on Instagram, he does hilarious um, videos about CrossFit, about running, about pickleball, ice barrels, a ton of different things. And what's great about him is his goal is to spread positivity through laughter. And he does such a great job. And in this episode, I peel back some of the layers and get into some of, of his thought process in how he views his pathways to greatness, and how he also recommends other people. So some things that um, I would love for you guys to pay close attention to is how do, you, how do you see your life? What lens do you see life through? And Evan talks about how he sees his and how others should start to look at theirs as well. Um, he talks about really just... The, the problems with living life without consequences and also how to get back on track and the importance of surrounding yourself with good, positive people and how to find those. So um, without further ado, 
I know that you guys are going to enjoy this one. It's Evan Slaughter. Thanks. All right, here we go. So I was, I was, how did you and Chad get connected? I'm curious about that. Chad Wright? Yes, sir. Um, through social media, his wife does a lot. His wife, Brooke, does a lot of the um, scheduling and stuff like that for the podcast that they have. And um, of course, Chad had seen some of my videos as well. And, you know, I was in the military. So I get a little bit of that audience, but I, I was also doing, you know, comedic videos around fitness and running and all that good stuff. And so I'd popped up on his radar already. And then, but his wife was really kind of a, a bigger fan and she reached out and she was like, we would love to have you come over here, do the podcast, that kind of stuff. And so it worked out. He actually only lives a couple hours from me here in Birmingham. He's in Georgia. Um, so it made sense. It was an easy drive. We got to shoot some fun content and then went back to his office and did the podcast and great guys. Uh, the whole, the whole crew he's got there are awesome. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Well, that's how, that's how I found you. So, um, those of you who don't know who you are, this is Evan Slaughter fit to serve. And, um, I've been following your content as well. I don't, it just kind of popped up because I'm not a CrossFitter, but a lot of friends of mine are. So it yeah. just started <laughs> circulating and that, and then the dad going to the gym videos <laughs> are the best. Cause it's like, you nail it. I mean, you nail every statement um, <laughs> about it. And so that's where I, I learned about you and then hearing you on the podcast and hearing your story, it was just one of those that just compelled me to reach out. And so on our on the podcast that I have is Pathways to Greatness. Um, we're not going to go all in depth in what you shared there. So because um, you did a wonderful job giving your your history and the path that you took. And so those of you who are looking, I'll put the show the link to the show in the notes. But it was episode two seventy eight on the three of seven podcast, and that was released on April twelfth. So I'm going to push everybody there to hear your your really good in-depth conversation. Chad asked a lot of good questions and you shared a lot of information on there. So it was great. I'm going to encourage people to go back there. Cool. So before we get started, I know you're all about this, but we're going to play Would You Rather. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather freeze time or go back in time? Ooh, man. Um. I think I would rather freeze time, um, especially now since I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I used to think, man, if I could just go back and do it this differently or go back with what I know now or fix this or not do that, you know, um, I know or I feel pretty confident that that I would maybe have a better path, <laughs> an easier path. But you you don't get the benefit of the outcome of being where you're at now and the life experiences you have. So I think the way things are going now, I would definitely freeze time. You asked me that a few years ago, I may want to go back, but right now I would freeze it. No, that's awesome. Thanks for the explanation. Okay. Would you rather live without music or TV? Uh, TV, love music, always love music. So I think I could, I think I could do without TV and keep the music for sure. All right. What are some of your, your favorite things to listen to? You know, I love it all. I don't like modern day stadium country. That's the only, <laughs> I'm not a, 
You mean pop? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stadium country is not, you know, for me, the Toby Keiths and all the various. Now, you know, every now and then the right mood, you're out on the lake or something, someone's playing it. It's not like, oh my God, turn it off. But that would be the only thing. But I love, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. Uh, Cage the Elephant, big fan of that. Grew up on a lot of rap. Um, Easy E, Tupac, all the old school, you know, but also some of the new stuff. So I mix it up. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I don't have like one particular thing. Uh, it's like I'm all over the place. It's like whatever's listening, I just will listen to it and I can bob my head to just about anything. I'm the same way. Okay, so would you rather CrossFit or run? Ooh. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to say CrossFit now because I'm doing, I'm actually doing it, just started actually doing, you know, I was making the videos because I knew enough about CrossFit and uh, to have some fun with it. But those videos have led me to <laughs> being invited to join a gym locally and now i'm actually doing it trying to get back in shape and i'm having fun with it you know it mixes it up i like weight weight lifting but i need the cardio so i'm gonna i'm gonna choose cross there was a time in my life where i loved to run uh, especially getting out of the military but i think i would stick with crossfit right now okay and then the last one would you rather have pizza or tacos pizza all day that's an easy one for me definitely show my respect to the taco game but i'm a pizza man I, I, that's how I actually gained so much weight as I just got, I used to, you ever watch like Dave Portnoy's one bite pizza reviews at all? He uh, owns, I've, I've seen him a couple of times. That's the bar. Right? Yeah. Yeah. His pizza reviews are awesome. I mean, he's very knowledgeable and he tell you know, but it's fun and he does it in his style, but I would get to where I was watching those so many times. And then guess what? I would want pizza. So I would like <laughs> order pizza. And then in my mind, I would like, try to critique it like he does like who is, is this actually and i would try to find little local spots that might have you know not your typical chain pizza i don't know it was a i'm a huge pizza guy for sure do you have toppings preference i'm just a pepperoni and cheese man you know pepperoni and cheese i could do meat lovers and stuff but uh pepperoni for me is the way to go i like it simple i don't like a ton of stuff on it you know well, it's almost, it's similar to like drinking black coffee. Yeah. You don't know if it's good coffee unless you can drink black coffee. Because if you yeah. put sugar and milk and stuff, you're like, okay, I don't even know if, if it is coffee. So that's, that's right. where a pepperoni pizza, if it's going to be good, it's going to be good because you're not yeah. hiding anything. Yeah. And see, Dave on the one bite thing, he'll only do cheese. So it's like he tests because it's like, you know, if one place has an awesome meat lovers and the other place has a great pepperoni, you can't kind of, you know, comparing apples to oranges. So it's like you were saying with the coffee reference, you got to have a baseline to start somewhere. And I think pepperoni, I think you could get away with doing pepperoni like you could cheese because that's a pretty standard, you know, topping. But now do you do pineapple on your pizza? No, not a not a fruit in my I don't like fruit on my pizza. I don't like fruit in my dessert, to be honest. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> really? I can't so what's do your, it. We'll throw the another question at what's one of your favorite desserts? Um, peanut butter pie. Ooh. My grandmother uh, made the best peanut butter pie, and I would always she'd make it on my birthday, and then I fell in love with it. It's really easy to make. You know, it's a no-bake, no-bake pie, um, so it's kind of fast, but... I'm a huge peanut butter guy, peanut butter pie, 
for sure. sure. Now, the thing about it is I also love cobblers, but I don't like the fruit part. I just like the cobbler, <laughs> the, the bread and the, the sugary, <laughs> you know, syrupy taste with ice cream. So, so I think we may be on to something. So, you know how, I don't know. Do you remember the Atlanta bread company where they used yeah, to yeah. just mm-hmm. make the muffin tops? Yes. So I wonder if you can create just a cobbler top, bake that, and put the ice cream on top of a cobbler top. Yeah, and you could just like like you could do apple because it's the it's the texture of the chunk of the fruit and the you know that I just I eat around it. So you could even still have I like this idea. You could even still have like you know apple cobbler, but it doesn't have the apples in it. It's just got the the flavoring kind of that goes with it you could do the same thing with blueberry or blackberry you just take the actual even if you have to scoop it out you know <laughs> just take the fruit out pureed the fruit <laughs> i think actually that would work because like i said it's the for me at least it's the it's the chunks you know because i like apples it's not like i don't like apples it's not like i don't you know um it's the large you know chunk peach I just don't want to bite into a big slice of peach while I'm eating my cobbler, you know? (laughs) See, that's the beauty of conversations like this. I mean, we just created something that now you'll have to do a video of it. You'll have to try. Pathways to greatness. This is the pathway to a great dessert right here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, No. So Evan, so everybody, he's the, he's a video creator. He's a veteran. I love that you put this on your Instagram is positivity through laughter and you put out some wonderful com, uh, content and it's fit to serve one, right? Is your Instagram handle? That's right. Yep. Fit, um, to, serve so, one, fit to serve on TikTok. Just fit to serve on TikTok. Okay. Um, so the nature of this podcast, I know I explained it to you a little bit, but just to, to recap for you and the audience is that when I decided to do this podcast and name it Pathways to Greatness, it's because everybody has a different, def, different definition of greatness. And everybody has a different path to get to where greatness is for them. And I know sometimes people think that when they see you on the outside, they see greatness and they see success and they think it's linear, but they don't see the switchbacks, the rocks, the roots, all the things that you've encountered along the way to get to where you're at today. And so the purpose of having these conversations is to share other people's stories and then to inspire and motivate other people to not quit, to just keep persevering, keep moving forward so they can accomplish their level of greatness as well. So what is your definition of greatness? Ooh, I knew that question was coming. Um, Greatness for me is achieving a a level of whatever it is you're into. at, at the maximum height that it can be achieved. You know, I think there's, you, you, whenever I hear the word greatness, I think about like Michael Jordan, you know, and how great he was of a basketball player. That's like achieving greatness, you know. Um, but there's all kinds of different levels. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a high paid sports athlete who's great at their, you know, there's, you can achieve greatness in my opinion, you know, in your personal life, you know, whoever you are whatever it is that you're trying to do. If you're trying to be the best, you know, doctor, if you're trying to be the best dad, if you're trying to be the best, you know, I think there's levels of greatness. So I think it's 
achieving the highest level of whatever it is that you're going after. Um, I think that's what greatness looks like, I guess, if that makes sure. sense. Yeah, no. And and that's, again, it's everybody has a different definition and, yeah. and it changes, I think, through life. I know mine's changed when I was younger to, um, you know, probably just 10 years ago, five years ago, and then just a year ago, it just continues to change because I continue to mature and understand what real greatness is to me and the big picture. So give people a, a brief background, again, directing people to the, the 3 of 7 podcast to give the long version of your background, but share some of the background that has led you to starting being a content creator of positivity. Yeah, for sure. So you know, summing it up, it's, it's you know, grew up a uh, middle-class home, all that kind of good stuff. My dad did go through some addiction issues whenever I was about 15, 16. Um, so I got to, that was kind of, I was exposed to that then. Uh, but, you know, grew up in a family that was going to church and all this kind of stuff. And so when that happened, I remember thinking in my mind, like, you know, what a, everything's a lie you know what a hypocrite everything you hear at church all these you know church you grow up in an environment where you're not supposed to drink and cuss and your dad you find out your dad's drinking cussing and doing drugs you know struggling with all these different things um but he ended up going to rehab and getting some help and overcome that and and restored relationships with my mom they got remarried and you know came back in and it's you know everything's great now we have a beautiful uh relationship him my brother my mom all of us are, are close again and so I got to see him overcome that as well, but that took me down my own journeys. You know, I, I went to college, was very into exercise, that kind of stuff, and partied a lot, partied a lot in high school, partied a lot in college, um, was just kind of living like there weren't consequences for a long time. Um, wasn't concerned about, you know, yeah, I worked out and all that kind of stuff, but I partied pretty hard too, so it wasn't like I was just this awesome health person all around. Mm -hmm. I had the image of being healthy. Um, and that led me to, to learning, you know, too earlier that a lot of that health image or, or later I learned this, it needs to start up here. I need to be healthy up here in order to truly be healthy physically and everywhere else in my life. But yeah, I got bored with, with doing the gym stuff, personal training and decided to join the military. And, and I loved it. You know, I succeeded at it. Um, you know, I went to through some special operations selections. I went through, you know, I was I was doing a lot of different stuff um, in, in decent physical shape. I liked the structure of the military. I could relate to it. I liked having someone, you know, I liked, I needed at the time that discipline being told where to be and what to wear and, you know, what time to do and do this. And everything was just very black and white, cut and dry. If you do this, this is the result kind of environment. And course deployed with the army went to afghanistan for a year and ended up getting injured in afghanistan uh we hit an ied it damaged my ankle i was very fortunate to not be seriously injured i was able to stay in afghanistan and do the full year but whenever i came home from that you know i was struggling trying to recover from the ankle injury and got put on some pretty powerful you know opiates and uh justified it in my mind even though I knew I, sh I didn't need to go down this road I needed to be a little bit more honest about how I struggle with uh substances like that because I had done yeah, I'd struggled prior to the military with some opiate stuff uh but so that led me down a road I got bad addicted to opiates ended up getting out of the military um 
came back home to Birmingham where I live now with just a bad opiate addiction, but also no sense of direction or purpose. You know, my purpose, I felt like had been taken away. I was in the military in this structured environment. I knew what my purpose was there. And then I get out and uh, kind of lost, you know, I don't. Uh, so that that leads to several years of just struggling to, you know, fight the opiate addiction, um, you know, breaking relationships, you know, didn't have a good family relationship, got married, had to get divorced because I couldn't get honest with her about my struggles. And that led to problems in our, our marriage. Um, so I got to a place finally where I was just broken enough um, to say, hey, I got to do something, you know, and I had some some good friends in my life that could recognize it and and that came to me and said, hey, we think you need to get some help. And I did that. You know, I was broken down enough to where it was like, you're right, I do. You know, I'm sick of trying to lie and act like I can handle this on my own, but let's get some help. So go to a treatment center that last three months, man. And it was great. It was great. You know, I, I was at a point in my life where I was really ready to do something about, you know, making some changes. And it wasn't just the opiate stuff. It was like I needed a whole <laughs> mental reset. I needed to just push the restart button and, and give it this another shot. Um, and so when I got out of there, I had done some jobs. I, you know, I'd held some good jobs outside of the military. I was an operations manager at a pretty large plumbing company at one time. Ended up losing that job because of my opiate addiction. But I just was never happy either, you know, using or not. I was just never happy in those environments. And so when I got out of this facility, I sold, I had a house that I owned that I ended up selling. And that allowed me some, some room to take that money and pursue something that I really was passionate about. And I'd always been the funny guy. I'd always enjoyed making people laugh. And so I started just making some funny videos on TikTok and uh, posting them on Instagram as well and Facebook. And they just kind of started to do well and they kind of started to take off and people could relate to them. But I also found the whole reason I was even doing it was because it made me feel good. It was like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sharing my experiences with people. I enjoyed making people laugh. Um, I was finding peace in my life through serving other people. Um, so it was like, this was a way for me to serve because I was getting so many messages from people saying, hey, you're, uh, you know, I was having a bad day and I watched some of your videos and it made me laugh. Thank you for that. And I was like, this is, this is more than just making comedy. I'm actually impacting people's day in some way. So that just led me to really going after it and pursuing it. And it's only grown from there. So I hope that was a decent summary. I was trying to was, run through was, the highlights. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I was taking notes as quick as I could on a lot of these things, because um, the things that jumped out to me that I'd love for people to, to remember is you talked about getting healthy physically, but it really started with you needed to get healthy um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And many of us, run from that part because they don't see it. Like you can't see the difference where you can, if you go work out in the gym. So right. I want people to think about the importance of that. Um, you also shared a, another critical thing about when you hit rock bottom, we all at some point have to hit rock bottom. Everybody's bottom is different as well, yeah. but you were surrounded by good, honest friends. So Talk a little bit about the importance that people need to seek that out if they don't have them. 
Yeah. So for me, it started with, um, you know, really it's, it, it, it started with the struggles I had with addiction. Um, you know, I, I, and most people, if they do struggle with addiction, you know, there's probably a time during that addiction where you don't see it as a struggle as much. It's not as big of a deal. You haven't hit that bottom that we were talking about. You're not even close to it. You've had no consequences yet from it. So you're, it's, you know, you're not really seeing a need for any change there. But once you do, if you go down that road long enough, eventually you'll, you know, I can promise you eventually you're going to run into something. Uh, like you said, everybody's bottom's different, but legal troubles, family troubles, you know, it's going to impact your life negatively. And most humans, you know, I found for myself at least, want to do something about that. You know, you don't like how it feels. You want to live a better life. Um, and so that leads you to exploring ways where you can find people that are, you know, working through that. And for me, that led to, you know, AA for a little while. I don't struggle with alcohol, so I don't really identify with that. But I was, you know, you go to AA for whatever substance. Uh, so I met a lot of people there. And I, if I hadn't made that foundation early on, because I went back and forth for a while, I would do good, and then I would not do good. And so I was kind of in and out of that environment and stuff. But I had made at least enough of an impact with some friends where I'd built a few friends up that were good, honest friends that had been through kind of what I was going through. So when, when it was time for me to, you know, really hit that bottom and really need some help, they were there, you know. So for me, it was just like hitting a bottom. And then now, where do I go to do something about this? And and that took some vulnerability. It took some honesty. And uh, but man, it ended up, you know, maybe saving my life. Right. How can people <clears throat> determine, at least in your opinion, how can people determine like the casual friend versus that friend that you literally will turn to when, you know, the, the alarm and the sirens are going off? Yeah, I think that they uh, identify themselves a lot in your life, you know, or at least they can, they have, you know, there's friends that I hang out with. There's friends that I, you know, are, are more of an acquaintance almost. And then there's friends that, you know, you've had these conversations with you. Uh, for me, it was relating through different struggles. So we, we were able to talk about our struggles together and someone being honest with me first you know, and telling me their story and their struggles allowed me to be honest with them in return. So it created that comfort and that trust in each other. And you just kind of build it from there. But it definitely takes, for me, two parts, you know, you got to have find the person that that's willing to be that person in your life that you can trust that's shown you that they're trustworthy, that they're honest and, and are vulnerable with you as well. And then you in return, have to do the same thing. I was very bad about being dishonest in my life. I used dishonesty and manipulation for a long time to get what I want or to get out of trouble or because sometimes manipulation works. You know, if I lie to you, you know, and I'm, I manipulate you and it gets me out of a situation, you know, you're like, oh, I can just do this in every aspect of my life and manipulate my way through life. But then it always leads to a dead end. So I had to learn kind of about what real honesty looked like. Right. And what what I really liked and want people to hear what you said as well <clears throat> was somebody was vulnerable and honest with you first. 
So there's so many times in life, if we refuse to share our vulnerability, it won't help someone else. And that's where, you know, I know that you're a believer is we're, we're commanded to be the good neighbor. To me, that's that extending the olive branch first and being okay and courageous and paying it forward because somebody's always vulnerable before we are typically, but then it's our job is to find someone who needs us to be vulnerable with them to allow them to share their story and to be able to get that off of their back. Yeah, that's right. It's like almost a responsibility. Like once you've had, uh, you know, someone do that for you, you know, be vulnerable and honest and, and share their story and approach you, then ask how they can help. Now it's your turn to do that for somebody else. So, you know, I try to be the first one in that situation for people in their lives. Um, you know, in AA, they call it sponsorship, basically, but <laughs> in, in uh, just everyday life, you know, you can be that for somebody, you know, try, try being first at that, you know, go out and share your story, go out and share your deal and do be the first one to do it. And, and you don't know who you're impacting. So the other thing that you shared that I, I really enjoyed and I want people to hear is around find something to fulfill you. And when you started finding this content that it was fulfilling, but it was also fun. So yeah. how did you decide that was the way that you wanted to go to make videos? And then the second part of that question is, did you start out with the intent of it monetizing to potentially sustain you and create an income? So I'll answer the second part of that first. And I'll definitely say, no, that was not the intent, but it quickly became, you know, a reality, um, which, you know, for me, that was like, but that's almost like a dream come true. Like you see people doing it and making it on social media and, and you, you sit there and wonder like, is this, they really, this is what they do. They really make a living doing this. Like how much money do they make? How do they make money? How do they, you know? And then, uh, you know, so that was definitely curious. The intent was not that at first. Um, and I think that's why it had success, honestly, because mm. I didn't go into it like, all right, I've got to use social media to make a living now. This is, you know, I'm not going to stop until I'm full time, you know, influencer doing what, you know, um, I think I definitely would, the pressure would have been a lot higher and, and it was nice to not have the pressure. That's why I often share about having the, the comfort of selling that, some of that real estate, because a lot of people try to do it while they're hat, while they have a full-time job. And it, I couldn't imagine that I didn't have to do that. I had a comfort of, all right, I've sold this real estate. I have X amount of time to make this work. If it's going to work, um, you know, once it, it got to that point and I, it started to work. So but no, it was uh, for me, it was just um, I had always kind of been used to use my accounts. It, it really, uh, thanks to TikTok, TikTok was just a different platform for me. It wasn't like how I was using my Instagram and my Facebook. Instagram and Facebook were just kind of like most people use it, you know, friends, keeping up with family and posting your, your pictures of how wonderful your life is, you know, <laughs> um, I'll say that sarcastically. Um, but TikTok was different, you know, it, it's not really it was set up more for people that post on TikTok, at least. It's like when you post, it's not really about sharing your life. Like you're usually trying to do something like share, you know, sh do cooking videos or this or that. And I was like, I'm going to do some funny stuff. People have always told I was funny. I, let me just, let me just try some funny stuff on here. 
And it's like I was saying, once I started making people laugh and it, it started to kind of take off, I was like, okay, so there's an audience for this, you know? Um, and I just would share it on Instagram too and other platforms. And it just kind of one step at a time, you know, it, it would do good on one platform and then it started doing good on another platform. And then, oh, you're getting invited to be monetized on this platform. And oh, now I can actually make some money. And I remember getting my first little payment from TikTok and it was, you know, maybe 50 bucks or so, you know, you don't get paid a ton on views. Just let everybody know that's not where the money's at. I've had multiple videos with millions of views. I think the biggest check I've gotten is like $384 for <laughs> you know millions of views. So that is definitely not. But I remember when that first little $50 came, I was like, I can now say <laughs> that I have been paid to make a video, you know, <laughs> so it just motivated me, you know, to keep going. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Well, and and again, what's what's neat about all that is that you just started out to have fun. Right. And you didn't put the pressure because you probably didn't follow formulas and do this and do that to try to create something. You just put it out there. How long did it take from when you first started until where you started to see some traction in the videos? Um, you know, <clears throat> So that's that's a good point you mentioned. Like you can you watch all this stuff about algorithms and post this and use this hashtag and use this sound and and in my mind I was just like you know I'm not gonna if I have to do that that feels like manipulation again like if I have to do all that to get views and stuff then is it even worth it like my my idea was make good content and if it's truly hmm. good people will like it. Um, and that's what I stuck with. It's like you were saying, I was having fun doing it. I was making stuff that I wanted to make. Um, I wasn't just stuck on, oh, I have to do this. I have to. And that's because it, it did not originally start out for that reason. I was like, if it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and I was posting whenever I wanted to post, you know? Um, so that was a big part of it. Like, make sure you're in, make sure you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, then whether it works or not, it doesn't matter. Now, if you enjoy doing it and it works, you might have something, you know? And that's kind of, that's kind of was my experience. How long did it take? Do you know? Oh, um, it happened pretty quick. I started getting serious about it in spring of 2022. Um, by the end of 2022, I was definitely at, you know, 40, 50,000 TikTok followers and then maybe 15,000 Instagram followers. Um, and then right after 2023 started, it really took off for me. Instagram went from, I'm at, you know, over 75,000 Instagram followers now from the 15 I started with um, at the at the beginning of the year. And then TikTok's at over 80,000 now. So, and I found too, I mean, so, so, you know, you're thinking it's probably right at about a year today, I would say from when I got serious about it on TikTok to where I'm at now, probably one year. Um, but some people's accounts grow faster than that. You know, mine's just, I found that honestly too, that on Instagram, when you have real growth on Instagram, um, it seems to be more that's where you kind of get better business deals and 
and more people reaching out and it's like things just do they move faster on, on Instagram if you can get it to to really hit on Instagram. Right. Well, and again, to, to remind people what you just said is just have fun. Yeah. And, and don't have the the intent of greed <laughs> to get <laughs> right. started because the the algorithms and like and I I really like how you said it about manipulation because that's the way I felt with this podcast is I have all these friends that know all the podcast strategies and hooks. Yeah. And I got paralyzed at the beginning because I have anxiety and yeah. I got super anxious and that's why I never wanted to start it. And then I just sat back and was like, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to have these conversations. If it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm going to do it because I like it. I like meeting people like you and learning from people like you. So if 30 people listen or 30,000 people that listen, I'm getting the same result because I'm enjoying this interaction with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. It's, it's like I was saying, for me, it took the pressure <laughs> off. Um, it was always about, you know, having fun and, and just doing it because I enjoy doing it and it was an outlet for me. Um, and it also helped me uh, in a way, grow stronger and, and be more vulnerable. Um, I, I didn't get a lot of ton of negative feedback. And I still don't, I still don't get a lot of negative comments or anything. Cause I think it's a little different with comedy or it can be people know you're joking. Um, but every now and then, you know, I'm not in shape right now. I'm out, I'm definitely out of shape, overweight, got to get in better shape kind of stuff. But I do a lot of things with my shirt off, you know, <laughs> And it's comical, you know, but it was also freeing and, and it helped me grow as a person because it helped me stop caring what people thought about me physically. And that goes back to the mental part. It was like, I'm, I'm gaining something from this, you know, um, I'm not out there just saying it's okay to be unhealthy. That's definitely not the message. It's not just out there saying it's okay to just be unhealthy and not care about your physical health. I don't want that to be the message, but it is okay to be comfortable with how you look and maybe because of that you know comfort and and the appreciation you're gaining for yourself and the love you have for yourself maybe because of that now you'll want to do something about your physical health that's kind of where i found myself you know i had to i had to learn to really truly love myself and care about myself up here so that i would want to you know relate that to to my physical health which is how it's turned out to me but every now and then you'll get someone, you know, this guy's going to die of a heart attack or this guy's going to die of diabetes type two, or man, this is gross. Are people actually into that? You know, and they're very few and far between, but I actually love it. I love whenever I see those comments because it was an opportunity in, in the past, the old me would have bashed them, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I just would have trashed them, you know. But now I have the opportunity to, and a lot of times I'll pin those comments to the top of my thing so mm -hmm. people can see it and I expose it, you know, it's like, cause you get keyboard warriors, you get trolls, all that kind of stuff. And they hide behind the computer and they don't think they're even going to get responded to, or they're trying to start an argument with you and they want to get you fired up. So a lot of times what I would do is pin the comments so they know I've seen it. And so other people can see it and you can expose if, if it's just someone being hateful, you can expose it, you know? But I also purposely respond with kindness. And I say, hey, you know, you're absolutely right. I definitely need to get in better shape. I'm actually working on that. Thanks for the comment. Have a great week. 
you know, and a lot of times I've found from doing that, I've had people, multiple people come back and apologize or send me a message. I shouldn't have said that or blah, 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 you know, or they'll respond in the comments. But if, if they don't, you know, whatever. But other people will at least see how I choose to handle it. And maybe through that interaction, they can go, man, this guy could have, you know, been really mean to these people, could have said this or that, could have gotten in an argument with them. But he chose to just take it on the chin and then respond with kindness and love. And so I kind of use that as a way to, for me to grow as well. So that's why all this for me was like a strengthening thing. Um, and I still try to practice that and not lose sight of that while I, as the page continues to grow, because that's, those kind of interactions are helping me more, you know, um, as I go through life. That is so good. And it's the, I really like how you said is that you chose to respond in a different fashion than they wanted you to respond. Like they were trying to pick a fight oh, for sure. Yeah. And the best way to stop a fight is to kill them with kindness. You know, my mom used to always say, just heap coals of fire upon their head. And that yeah. was just with kindness and just, right. and it, you can diffuse a situation and actually be in control of the situation. Cause I'm sure you probably have good comebacks ready because you're, you're pretty <laughs> yeah. quick and yeah. I'm sure you'd light them up and it's meekness, right? You just chose not to use that gift. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I say that all the time. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. That's, I used to use humor like that. You know, I used to, um, that's how I would, uh, you know, defend myself a lot of times because I'm not the biggest dude. Um, now there, you know, I was quick to fight, but a lot of times I was quicker with my words and I could hurt you. I could hurt. I was really good at saying things and finding little spots to say something that would, you know, hurt you. Um, and I did that for a long time, you know? Um, so now it's like realizing that like you can use humor for bad too. Uh, you know, you can use humor to really hurt people. And for a long time I did that, but, but now I'm trying to use it for good and try to motivate and inspire. And then, you know, you never know what people are going through too. So it's like, if you can just, if they're having a bad day and they choose to say something negatively, but you choose to respond um, in a loving way, then, you know, maybe at least you've made an impact in their life. Oh, for sure. Now, how do you come up with some of the ideas or come up with any of the ideas that you use and create? Um, so a lot of times it's just stuff I'm familiar with, you know, um, I was used to be, you know, really big into the exercise world and still am involved in it, trying to get back in shape for sure. But I, I knew a lot about it, you know, I knew a lot about the gym scene, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I would just take different things. Like a lot of times ideas would come just as I'm, whatever I'm going through in life, you know, if I'm trying to, to start running again and trying to lose some weight, I would you know, think of how I would act in my mind about it, you know, and then make a, make a video about it. Um, pickleball was a big one for me because I was playing pickleball and just learning pickleball. And I was like, I'm gonna make a video making fun of, you know, your friend that just started pickleball. So I kind of just try to keep it organic and original. A lot of times if I, if I come up with an idea, I'll save it, you know, to my phone, but I never write scripts or anything like that for my stuff. I'll have a concept in my mind. I'll kind of know some areas I want to hit. And then I just kind of go out there and improv it because I don't want it to sound scripted. I want it to be. And as I get into making the video, 
um, it's like it just kind of comes out and I'll, you know, re be recording and then just kind of cut through what's good and what's not good. Um, but yeah, you know, I get I get motivated too from watching stuff, watching whatever it is I'm into, watching The Office, you know, it'll make me think of how I could do a skit or watching something, you know, whatever kind of comedy stuff and and just, you know, kind of just roll with it on a daily basis for sure. That's what I enjoy about people that have a true gift of comedy, which you do, is you're, you observe everything. And so many of us through life, me included, just kind of go through and then they'll, they'll get to the end of the day and then not realize all the funny stuff that has just happened. And people like yourself see it all. And then go, okay, now how can I retell this story in such a great way? So like your dad going to the gym for the first time, did, was that stuff that you came up with? Or did you hear your dad say some of those things when y'all went to the gym? Well, you know, a lot of uh, the way I act as my dad, you know, or, or, or say the things I'll say are things that I think he would say if we okay. had that, you know, if that makes sense there, you know. I never really exercised with my dad. Uh, we used to play racquetball a lot, but just knowing his mannerisms and then like interacting too with older people in the gym, you know, I uh, frequent a, a local gym here that my friend owns. Um, and so you'll see older people in the, you know, just exercising and they get their newspaper and they got their shorts up, you know, and they're usually in dress shoes and they just ride the recumbent bike. And so I would just <laughs> observe that kind of stuff. You said it well, it's almost like a lens, you know, I, I, I feel like I've just my whole life seen things through a comedic lens, you know, and I have to turn it off sometimes. I have to make sure I'm not just because I will just joke about anything and everything, <laughs> you know, they say, you know, I, I laugh so that I don't cry through certain scenarios. You know, it's like I choose laughter in, in any situation. Um, so sometimes I have to make sure I'm I'm turning it off, you know, like when it's not a, when, when I need to be a little bit more serious or whenever there's something going on, I have to remind myself like, all right, you don't have to make this funny, you know, <laughs> let's just experience the moment and be present and, and experience some other emotions. But it is, I mean, it's, I think that's what makes most comedians, like you were saying, they're just constantly seeing things comedically and then sorting through that is, is the game, right? Like, how do I see this comedically? And then present this to the world so it makes sense to them too because not everybody's in my head it's like are they going to find this that was the biggest fear with starting it is like are they going to understand what I'm what joke I'm trying to make here because it might be hilarious to me but are they going to relate to it how do I make it relatable you know and that's the that's the art behind it for me it's like all right I know this is funny now how do I show you that it's funny <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and the good thing is you don't have to make 7 billion people laugh to be successful. So yeah, there, that's is, right. there is a segment that finds you extremely humorous. And there's going to be, like you said, some people that just yeah. don't. And yeah, I don't understand who that would be, but <laughs> <laughs> I do watch... have to remind myself of that. Like, yeah. Hey, not I... everybody finds you funny. <laughs> My ex-wife oh, yeah. probably doesn't find me funny. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure she's laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So you mentioned something earlier. What's happened to racquetball? Like what all of a sudden has made racquetball completely disappear from the planet? I love racquetball. It was like I mean, the thing in the 80s. <laughs> my dad, I grew up in a racquetball home. I mean, my dad 
they were big into it. I, we would go to the gym all the time back when gyms had racquetball courts. And uh, I mean, I remember me and my brother like getting racquetball equipment for Christmas gifts, you know, like a whole racquetball set up and we'd be, I loved it. It was, it's fun. There's still a gym uh, not far from here. That's got racquetball courts that my dad was going to and playing with some friends at. And, uh, but yeah, it, it just died out, man. Do you remember the cinder block courts that neighborhoods and parks yeah. would have? Yeah. Yeah, my my cousin and I, I got so sunburned in one of those because we were just out there playing. Yeah, and next thing I know is I come back and I the whole I just got a haircut. The whole top of my head was fried because I didn't think think anything about it, but it was you know you'd find dead animals and all kinds of stuff <laughs> in these racquetball courts. We didn't have as many of the three wall courts around, but uh, I do remember in the gyms, you know, a lot of them the back wall would be glass, mm-hmm. but then there was like sometimes one court, especially at this gym I went to, where it wasn't glass. It was all walled in. And I mean, you would open the door and there's just a little window this big on the door. And I remember every time I went in there, I felt like uncomfortable, you know, like, are we going to be able to leave here? Is this a, <laughs> this one of those scenarios where now you can't get out and <laughs> you know, you're trapped in this insane asylum. But yeah, it was a lot of fun playing growing up. It's just wild how things go through cycle and like pickleball. Like what, yeah. like where did that come? And that thing is massive. Yeah. And it started in the seventies, I think, or even earlier maybe than that. And I remember I was actually talking to somebody today um, who remembers playing in college and they, that was college for them was in the eighties. Um, and it just went away and then it came back like full for, you know, <laughs> full force, maybe racquetball will do that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You never know. And and there's a lesson in that too, is that if you find something and you enjoy it and you share it with other people, you never know what kind of impact that's going to have. And that's right. there had to be a handful of people that said, you know what, let's play pickleball. So they played pickleball, they had fun and they told their friends and then they told their friends. And so like you said, is without any intention of let's revitalize pickleball that just through that organic spreading of positivity and fun and interactivity with one another. Now it's a huge recreation again. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it starts, you know, that's, I think that's the thing is like, you know, doing it because you actually enjoy doing it. And, and, I think that's where the purpose comes into it. You know, like I discovered a purpose again for myself, at least through doing this social media stuff and doing this comedy thing. Um, So it's like, what's, I feel like when you're really truly doing your purpose or your calling or whatever you want to call it, um, you'll know, you know, because you won't have to put in as much Mm -hmm. effort at it. Now there's definitely work towards it, but it won't feel like work, work, you know, it'll feel like, um, you're doing something that you were meant to do and it just, it works out, you know? (laughs) Right. So. Yeah. And you said something a second ago about seeing life through a comedic lens. And I, I jotted that down because we all, everybody sees life through a particular lens and some people's lens is negativity, doom and gloom, and it's not a, a bright outlook on life. What we what I want to encourage people to think about and what Evan had said as well is you can choose the lens you look through life with. And if you don't like the lens, change it, but be diligent about changing that. What's your thought on that? No, I love that. Um, 
I feel like, like you're saying, like, yeah, we're all looking through some kind of lens. And I didn't even have that revelation until you said it, because I was just focused on my own lens of, you know, how I see things, but I don't know how you see things. I don't know how someone else sees things. You know, I know that also in a time in my life, even though I feel like I always had that comedic, no matter what I was going through, there was a comedic way of how I looked at it, even when it was bad and not good or depressed or angry or sad or whatever. Um, but at various times in my life, I was, I was looking through a different lens, you know, um, when things were hard, you know, I was seeing things one way when things got better, I was seeing things one, one way, whenever I was mm. going, you know, depressed, you're looking through a, a different lens. And it's like you said, we can change that, you know, what does it take to change it? That's what you got to figure out. For some, it might not be as big of a change, but for me, I knew it, it took a whole lifestyle change. And for me, that took going to that treatment center, getting off the opiates that were affecting me, get, you know, hitting restart, kind of changing the people I'm around, changing my environments, you know, and I was able to change my lens that way, but it doesn't have to be that dramatic and you can do it on a daily basis, you know? That's good. So why do you think laughter is so important? Man, I know for me, laughter is important because um, if I take things too seriously, I don't really appreciate where I'm at in life. That's just me. Um, if I'm always, you know, I think about uh, my brother is very different than me. Of course, he's, you know, funny and we laugh at a lot of the same things, but he's just, he's my older brother. You know, he's, he's got a family with four kids, very successful guy, um, always kind of did well in school and just stayed on this straight and narrow and, and uh, has this beautiful life. And for me, it was completely different, you know? Um, but I, I think there can also be a, a negative side to just being overly serious about things and not that my brother is at all, but I see some people that just, they can't relax. They're stressed out all the time They're you know, there's, it's always something, the pressures of the world are all, and they're always focused on that. And they're always, um, you mentioned anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety as well. I've seen my mom struggle with anxiety. And a lot of times it feels legitimate. You know, there are things to worry about sometimes. I remember, here's a little funny story for you. I remember, I think it was senior year in high school. There was a, I used to worry. I used to worry all the time. I was a warrior. Um, if there was something to worry about happening, I was going to worry about it, you know? And I remember seeing this motivational poster on the wall in one of my, like my economics class in senior, you know, senior year that said something like, you know, 95% of the things we worry about don't come true. You know, they don't happen. And it was supposed to be this beautiful, you know, wonderful motivational tool. And I remember seeing that and I was like, this makes me worry more because it's telling me if I don't worry about it, then it won't fall into that 95% of things. So I need to worry about it so that I'll fall into that. <laughs> That's how twisted I was. So laughter for me, man, it takes the pressure off. Um, it allows me to enjoy life and just sit back and go, I used to, you know, I, I used to be so concerned with what people thought about me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, laughter allows me to not worry about that so much. Learning to laugh at myself has allowed me to, to not worry. And whenever you're, man, whenever you're, you're experiencing that and you're truly free 
from that pressure of society and worrying about what everybody thinks about me and this and that, and you can just laugh at yourself. That feels so good, you know, because then then it feels like you can pretty much take on anything. At least it does for me. So I, I did, you know, I mentioned not having, I have to, to learn not to just laugh too much through things because I've done that too. But uh, learning to laugh and enjoy life in the right moments and all that kind of stuff has been huge for my health and, and my life in general. Sure. That that's, it's such good advice because we can't take life so serious that we miss it right. and we don't enjoy it. And our laughter is contagious. I mean, it happens yeah. when you have somebody that <clears throat> we all know somebody in our circle that just laughs a lot. Yeah. And there's such a joy and a, a pleasure to be around is when you're down and they're joking and they're kind of cutting up then you relax and cut up. And next thing you know is everybody's having a good time. So yeah, they could just walk in the room and bring that energy, mm -hmm. you know, and I've never seen myself as that person, but people do see me as that person, you know, um, and have said that like they, they want you around because you make things just feel better. You don't even have to say anything, you know, and I definitely have friends like that myself. So it is, it's a, there's definitely something to that. I think. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you could fast forward five years and ask yourself three questions, what would they be? Mm. Going deep with it. Let's see. Fast forward five years, ask myself three questions. One would, I think, would be, you know, are you happy with where you're at now? So that would be a, a good way for me to reflect on you know, did I do things right this last five years? What do I need to change moving forward? Um, another one would be, did you ever think this would happen? Because I'm asking myself that now, <laughs> the opportunities that have come up from this, um, doing the social media thing and, and what it's turning into. And the fact that I actually can do it for a living and be successful at it is just mind blowing to me. And I hope that in five years, I'm asking myself that same question and it's even more powerful then. And um, I guess a third one would be, what are you doing now to continue to spread positivity? Mm. Because I feel like it's ever changing. Um, I think what that looks like in five years, that kind of falls into my plan of where this thing is going. I get asked that a lot too. Like, what's the, what's the end game for you here? Where's this going? What happens next? Um, you just make the comedy videos and you just keep going with that. Well, no, I've got plans for ways to continue to grow this and ways to continue to spread that positivity through laughter message. And maybe it ends in me doing my own podcast or uh, doing stand-up routine somewhere has been thought of, you know, a way for me to, to kind of grow this thing. So I'm hoping that uh, in five years, we'll definitely be at a different spot than I'm at now and, and only growing in the right direction. That's awesome. So what advice would you give the audience um, in pursuing their pathway to greatness? Man, um, I would say it's like kind of been the theme of, of what we've been talking about, you know, um, find something you enjoy doing that that is also beneficial to someone else. And I feel like you've kind of discovered your purpose, you know, so like whatever that is, you know, not everybody's gonna want to do social media you know it's not for everybody that 
a lot of I've met people that aren't even on social media, which blows my mind, honestly. But <laughs> especially nowadays, it's like, how do you function? But you know, they're free and they're happy and they're you know they're doing their thing. So whatever it is, I believe that we all have that calling on our life, whatever it looks like. We we were created with something, and you know what it is deep down. You know what it is. You know, I ignored mine for a long time. I didn't know how to utilize it. I was using what I believe was my calling of this comedy thing and using that for positivity and, and maybe trying to help someone. I was using it for the wrong reasons. You know, I was using the, the comedy and the laughter to put people down. Um, and that's because of the fear that I was going through in my life. You know, um, once I flipped that on its head and I was like, oh, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> I need to try to take this and do some good with it. Boom. It's, you know, now it's really having an impact. So, so figure out, figure that out, you know, take some time to reflect on it, you know, uh, talk to people that are close in your life. If you can't figure out what that is, and maybe they can tell you what they see in you, you know, and then once you figure it out, it doesn't have to be what you do for a living, but it'll definitely be something that probably needs to be a part of your life. And, um, once you start doing and go down that road and it's, it's not, doesn't feel like work. It's not something exhausting. It's something that truly benefits you and maybe benefits someone else. I think it's only going to add benefit to your life. Man, that's so good. So how can people find you? I know we talked about it at the beginning, but let's bring, bring it back around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like you mentioned, Instagram is fit to serve. So it's fit the number two serve one on Instagram fit to serve one on Instagram. And then on TikTok, it's just fit to serve. Um, those are most of the places that uh, you can find me. But if you go to either of those places, there's always a link in my bio that's got a link tree. And if you click on that, you can find everything that I'm doing right now from merchandise we're selling to uh, various videos and some articles I've been in. And, and I kind of just keep it, keep it moving. There's some discount opportunities I, I do with some folks as well. So if you're into ice barreling or chubby's clothing, you can find some discounts there. But uh, yeah, yeah, Instagram or TikTok for sure. The last ice barrel, you trying to get in the ice barrel was <laughs> the best because it was like your feet wouldn't cooperate and you just couldn't get them in the barrel. Yeah, I'm actually doing a bit. So it's gotten better the more flexible I've gotten, you know, more practice getting in that thing. But uh, I'm actually making a video for ice barrel uh, in about a week that is going to focus on that, you know, about getting in the barrel, because, you know, you see the barrel and people think I can't get in that thing. And it's like, Oh, you can get in it. Let me, <laughs> I'll show yeah, you, you went how. all the way in it. You went, you completely submerged yourself, <laughs> but it was just your feet. And I just couldn't stop laughing. You just trying to get your feet in. <laughs> that was well, great. part well, of it is too. I don't want to get in. Cause it's so, no. so you're like fighting that battle. <laughs> like, do I really want this? Yeah. So how is there anything I can do to support you? This is great. No, man, I'm just honored to be a guest on your podcast, man. Glad that we connected. And uh, this is this is huge support right here. So I'll definitely be sharing um, little clips from this this episode as well, throwing it up on the story and stuff. And hopefully we can support one another. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. Hang on one second. And everybody, please go. Follow Evan Slaughter Fit to Serve One or Fit to Serve on TikTok. You won't be disappointed, guaranteed.